This is the Microsoft Libraries and Museums podcast, a show dedicated to exploring digital transformation with organizations from around the world. I'm Emily Kotecki. In season two, we're doing a deep dive into different aspects of digital transformation. Today, we're going to dive into big data with Angie Judge, CEO of Degzibit, a big data analytics firm for visitor attractions. Angie, thank you for being here. Thanks, Emily. How are you? I'm doing great. Angie, you have talked about in the recovery and reopening for visitor attractions and specifically museums and libraries, the importance of data and a great data transformation. I'm wondering if we can begin by having you define what you mean by the great data transformation. In the post-COVID world, it's going to take a lot to get our museums and galleries and libraries and archives back to where they were pre-COVID and get them growing again even beyond that. And one thing that's going to help with that growth agenda is having insights at hand. When we look at how that change happens in the industry, because it is a really hard change for the industry to make, um, it does require a transformation of how we lead, how our teams work, and how we work as an industry. Um, and that doesn't happen overnight. But when we look at what happened when we went into COVID, we had this big digital transformation. We all of a sudden, in the space of a week or two, achieved things that a lot of museums had been wanting to do for years. You know, we suddenly went to a space where everybody had to work at home and all of our systems had to work remotely. And then when we reopened, even more change took place. You know, a lot of museums who hadn't previously been ticketed before or didn't previously do advanced passes before, or maybe they hadn't managed capacity through automated footfall counting before, they implemented all of these systems in a very short period of time, which was a huge achievement for those teams and for the industry and how uh, its digital agenda has progressed. That is our opportunity to now. As we come out of COVID-19, the same thing is true for how we manage with our data and things that we might have imagined could take us years to achieve we can achieve that in a relatively short space of time because we need that so urgently. And so that's what I mean by the great data transformation is this movement in the industry that's been underway for a long time now, for five, six years. Um, but the speed at which we're tackling that change and getting that done really quickly so that we can move forward with that growth that we so need to get things back on track. Do you feel like this transformation is happening across all sizes of organizations or is it limited to somehow those that are big enough with the resources to support that transformation? Well, I think it should be something that is accessible to the industry, no matter how big or small you are. The challenges are the same, no matter the size. You've got to get all your data in one place. And even if you are a tiny museum, there is still a lot of it spread all over the place. And even for those quite small teams, that still represents quite a big challenge because you're trying to do so much with so few people. And so having all your data under one roof is, is kind of the first starting point for that. Doing more with that data, so predicting and analyzing it, um, getting some insights out of it, being able to do forecasting, 
and preferably in an automated fashion and then getting that that organizational change management so that people throughout your organization from the boardroom to the front desk recognize the value in data that the people are confident and and that they feel that they have a level of data literacy that's going to help them with decisions so for example in a museum that might go from doing sort of longitudinal or pulse type surveys every other year to managing data on a daily operational basis that might be that sort of contemporary leadership culture to be agile and leaned and empowered um, those sorts of challenges exist no matter how big or how small you are um, and those things aren't necessarily complex in their solution they can be fairly straightforward obviously the bigger you get the bigger those problems are going to be and the more complexity there'll be in that solution but um, those things are accessible, I think, to museums of any size. You've talked about operationalizing data into the everyday workings of a museum. I want to unpack that a little bit. So how do you maybe begin advising museums in libraries on how to make decisions using data? When it comes to making, we call them insight-informed or insight-inspired decisions. And that could be something like a really big strategic decision, like what exhibition are we going to host yet and what price point? Um, It could be a really operational decision, like how many staff do we need on schedule for tomorrow? But whenever it comes to those decision points, it's the difference between someone at that table saying, hey, let's check what the data says for us and coming at that with a fairly unbiased eye rather than going out to gather the data with a predetermined decision to try and evidence that we're making the right call. And so I think it requires that sort of change in our brains of how decision-making happens for us and how data plays a part in that. And then that change in the team of how we interact together around that data to make that decision. And that's the hardest part of adopting data and of, of transforming with data is getting those two behavioral changes to happen in humans. So what is maybe one success story that you've seen or what has worked strategically to help shift that mindset to operationalize and make decisions using data? My favorite example of that would be um, one of the teams that we worked with at the Smithsonian, where the leader there did an incredible job of, of what we would refer to as democratizing data, making sure every single person at that museum had access to as much data as they wanted. It wasn't that certain people were protected from getting access to that data. It wasn't that certain people um, didn't have access to log into a system or they hadn't received training. Every single person there got the access that they needed. And then with that, um, this leader did an amazing job of Um, sharing insights amongst the entire museum staff. So these are all hands briefings on the importance of data. They got up and and really um, uh, directed that example and really emphasized that value, got people to share data stories with each other. And what we saw there was a real cultural acknowledgement amongst the leadership team and amongst the staff of the importance of data and how they work together as a team. And I think that that is a superb example of great data leadership. How much data do cultural organizations need for their transformation and into the future? Because there was another um, guest who said, you may not need actually that much data to actually learn a lot about your visitor. So it had me thinking and talking to you about, is there an amount 
Or is there a way of thinking about how much data to then think about how to make decisions? You know, it's funny, even if you have just your daily visitation stats, you can get a huge amount of insight from just that. You know, you can mix it with weather and finally answer this question that I'm sure has been a big debate for all time of to what degree does a rainy day influence our visitor behavior? You can understand the nuances of school holidays, of the offs versus high season, of how weekends versus weekdays have changed pre-COVID versus post-COVID. I mean, there is there is so much you can do with that. Those are massive things to be able to achieve with very little data. Sometimes when we start talking about big data in museums, we get really wrapped up in the definition of big data and we say, well, it has to be in a volume and, you know, have veracity and variety and um, velocity and, and all of these sorts of things, which is technically true, but probably irrelevant. Most museums have, have more data than they think that they do. When you start to think about the last time you went to visit at a museum, you've got your footfall count coming through the door, maybe a ticket as part of that. Maybe you own a membership. Maybe you bought something in the cafe or the shop. Maybe you left a tweet online or a review on Facebook and maybe visited the website. I mean, all of these things are add up, but the big thing becomes what are the problems that we're trying to solve there? So putting all of that data together in one place, overcoming those silos, managing for data automation and transparency and control, um, solving that last mile of getting that data to business users who don't need to sort of log into all of these systems and try and do massive queries and design their own reports and things, making sure that that data is enriched, that it's contextual of what's happening in and around the venue at the time, um, making sure it's intelligent, maybe using a bit of natural language or machine learning to help analyze and forecast and, and making sure that, that the way that that data is embedded in the culture of that museum. I mean, those are the sorts of big data problems that we have, regardless of technically how much data we have. So I kind of imagine like a cultural organization or visitor attraction coming out of COVID, as you said, like in the beginning, they very quickly and swiftly adopted new systems and they were quickly, things that had been on the back burner around digital quickly got moved to the forefront. And I just imagine them having like this big, basically basket full of data. And they're like, well, what do we do with it? Like, where do you advise them to begin? The easiest place with any technology is to begin with a problem that you have. And so it's much easier if you come at your data with an idea of what problem you want to solve. We typically talk about sort of 10 rough sort of problem areas, things like managing for capacity, increasing demand, um, optimizing for revenue if that's a priority, maybe increasing, improving loyalty. You know, these are some of the, the key problems that you run into a museum business model and, and their museum business model is a beautifully complex being where um, you know we're selling ticketed experiences potentially or welcoming um, visitors into a, an experience maybe we have an events program maybe we do venue hire and have weddings on site so they're wonderfully um, rich places to go out and find these sorts of problems but if we start with the problem, we can then say, okay, so what is the challenge that we're trying to optimize for? Is it say we're aiming to increase our visitor satisfaction as part of experience? Or is it that we want to understand our dwell time because that relates to how many tickets we issue and how much capacity we have? And from there, we can say, okay, so where can we get that, that, those answers for? What data do we need? And so by starting with the problem, it really orients us towards where we can add the most value. It's a much more effective way 
than starting with a laundry list of this is every single piece of data that we have in the museum and trying to solve for every single part of that puzzle and then getting all of this data and spending all of this time and getting lost in all the details along the way and then saying, okay, well, now what value did we get from that exercise? Do you feel like museums trust the idea of big data or is there a perception that like listening to data tips the balance away from objects or the in-person on wonder experience? If we ask the question in the way of what do we need of our data to trust in it, then we start to um, get at how the data can serve us in what we want to accomplish in the museum world. From our experience at Dexhibit, what we've seen that of what people need to trust in their data, they need transparency around it, they need control over it, they need to understand where it comes from, which is its data provenance and lineage. We need to know what's happened to the data along the way between where it was sourced from and where we've got access to it. We need that data to match our world and be contextualized in the way that it's presented to us. And we need to be able to play with that data and interact with it in order to understand it. All of those sorts of things help us create trust in data, but they don't address the other half of the equation that you've mentioned there, which is, does that data take away from the objects or the collections of the museum? And um, my hope is that it absolutely does not, because I don't think the two have a lot to do with each other. Most of the problems that we come at our data with are related to more operational things, things around the visitors, understanding visitors and their experience, what happens before, during and after their visit on site and online, rather than sort of what objects are going out on the floor. Sometimes we have a bit of fear in the industry around, well, if we put data out and in, in, into our world, then it's going to start dictating to us our curatorial agenda. And I don't think that is true in reality. And that's not the objective when we say to adopt data in museums. It's not about data-driven decisions. It's about data-informed decision or what we call insight-inspired decisions, which is that when we're making decisions, we can accommodate that point of view and we can refer to it, but it doesn't ever tell us what to do. You mentioned earlier the complex business model of museums, and I'm wondering as a thought experiment, because there's many other business models out there, obviously, that have already incorporated and have been incorporating big data into their data-informed decision-making. What would the world look like if museums leverage data like Netflix or Disney World? Aside from the fact that you know we're comparing technology companies with cultural institutions and if we look at companies like Netflix or Disney the things that really stand out to me about those organizations is that they are incredibly agile lean empowered teams and as a result of that they grow very very fast and they innovate with great speed those two things are not a bad thing for the museum world, particularly right now in its recovery mode post-COVID, for that to be able to grow and innovate really fast and to be agile and lean and empowered as a team, that would be an amazing achievement for us as an industry. If we're talking about the great data transformation of museums in 2020 and beyond, this is what we're talking about is this change in a more contemporary leadership style, which has 
more data, less process and more empowerment for our teams. That can only be a good thing for our sector. So as a final question, how do you feel that big data supports the goal of digital transformation? Well, for me, digital means both things that enable the visitor and their experience, things like digital exhibitions or digital interactives, um, or even things as simple as you know, social media and, and apps presence and so forth. But it also, for me, means things that enable the enterprise. And data is one of those things that help us enable the enterprise. And it's probably the most powerful thing that we could do on that side. And the way that I look at it, if you compare, for example, doing a data transformation versus launching a mobile app from your uh, visitorship, only say sub 5% are ever going to download a mobile app. Out of that sub 5%, only so many of them will use it beyond a single page load. And it will only have so much impact on their visit. If you do a data transformation and change the leadership culture of your museum and how that permeates through to how it supports its visitors and their experience and your members and the commercial sustainability of the museum and what that experience feels like for the employees of that team, that is so, so powerful. When we think about digital, we, we often become very biased towards thinking about the things that have an end product to the visitor experience, which are important and they are amazing, but they can represent a very small proportion of the end visitor number versus the things that we use to enable ourselves as a museum enterprise. And I mean that in the sense of an organization, not a commercial way. And things that enable us an enterprise technology, they can become so much more powerful because the return on those permeates so many different aspects of how we operate as a team. Angie Judge, CEO of Dexhibit, thank you so much for being here. And thanks for having me, Emily. At the end of every episode, we hear from Catherine Devine, Global Business Strategy Leader for Libraries and Museums at Microsoft. Catherine, what are you taking away from today's conversation with Angie? Thanks so much, Emily and Angie. Angie makes so many great points here. You know, obviously she has lived this data world for some significant amount of time now and is, is really an excellent contributor to the field. She makes a few points that I really want to sort of hone in on as I think that they sort of speak to, it's not just data for data's sake, but, you know, what is it actually doing here? And so one of these is this idea of democratizing data that she talks about. It's amazing how in the museum world and library world, and actually a lot of other industries, we've got used to this idea that data is has lagged, that data, you know, comes to you once a month, or maybe not even at all, or that data is something that only a few people can see. And I think where those we have those industries and organisations where it is available to anybody at any time uh, to inform decisions, all types of decisions throughout the organisation, from very large decisions to just very small ones, then we're seeing fundamental change in how we work and how we can be more effective and impactful as organisations. So there's something that I that I know that museums often want to protect data, but actually it's the opposite. It's about making it really available. And she also talks about this idea of, which, you know, I've been talking about forever and I really was thrilled to hear Angie say this, is, you know, 
you always start with the problem. What problem are you trying to solve? You don't start with what data do I have? What is interesting in it? <laughs> um, very nice. But it, it's always what problem do you want to solve? We see so many instances of organizations that are collecting huge amounts of data, but not necessarily leveraging that data. And I think it's because sometimes we're approaching this from the wrong way. We're approaching it from, oh, I have all this data, what's really interesting, rather than data is a tool that I can use to actually help inform this issue. So I love this conversation as always. I could go on for hours and I won't. It was great to have Angie as, as a guest, as such a great contributor to this thinking in this space. And thank you again, Emily. Thank you, Catherine, and thank you to Angie and to all of our listeners. A new episode of the Microsoft Libraries and Museums podcast will be released every Monday. As always, you can find a link to the full interview transcript in the show description. And don't forget to subscribe to wherever you listen to your podcasts so that you never miss an episode. I'm Emily Kotecki. Thanks for listening.